Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two goes out to Zach Mace at the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Number four still waiting for. Well, bring on the chase. Out on the field at Mile High, Broncos win is our desire. Couple with Breck, Brew and a friend bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. And we are live from Studio I. Oh, Indie? The I stands for Indie. The I stands for Inside of Radio Row. I thought it was going to be C because we have a and B. Well, when we, and we now we, and this would be C for combine. C is when we're at our houses. That's Studio C, and C then Studio M was in Mobile, and now we're at Studio I here in Indianapolis. Inside Indianapolis, Indiana. Oh, yep. triple I, triple I, triple I. That's I think that's a, an old offense. Uh, that they oh, used to run the triple I. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. <laughs> and there was no such thing as a passing game back then. <clears throat> yeah, um, and maybe um, when Justin Outen learns about the passing game, oh, like he boy. said he wants to do, <laughs> he'll learn about the the, uh, the triple I and how it evolved into the passing offense. It's very true. Good thing they've got Nathaniel Hackett to get that passing offense going. They do have Nathaniel Hackett, and they do have George Payton, and both of those guys were here in Indianapolis, talked with us today. Um, I'm, like, still buzzing a little bit over talking to Nathaniel Hackett. Like, it's not possible to really talk to him without getting a little fired up. I mean, it really is like you just drank a cup of coffee when well, you talk to him. I did that, too. So <laughs> yeah, maybe that's, that's what has me what fired up. What is that, up. Three, or three? No, cup number that's three That's just today? two. That's just two. Oh, okay. okay. I'm actually drinking it hot. That's when you know I'm desperate. That's very true. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about this a little bit. Um, I guess we'll go chronological here, even though I really want to talk about uh, Nathaniel Hackett. We'll, we'll go traditional. Uh, and talk George Payton first. Mace, what was your biggest takeaway from what George Payton had to say today? Uh, I mean, he's not going to reveal much in terms of details. I mean, clearly they're doing, they're doing their work on the quarterbacks. It was interesting that when we got him off to the side, the small group that was just local media, he uh, mentioned uh, that they don't have multiple free agent quarterbacks on their radar, but uh, that Teddy Bridgewater is – Still somebody they're thinking about. And he said, you know how I feel about him. 
Exactly. And, right. and we and we know yeah. he thinks very highly of, yeah. of Bridgewater and has since they drafted him he in Minnesota said that in 14. directly to Jeff Legwald, which I thought was even more like he like looked right at him and was like, and you know how I feel about him as if like they've talked about this before. Right. Yes. And on top of that, that was not even a question about Teddy Bridgewater. It was he about creation quarterback himself. Yeah. And then not only does he like Teddy, the coaching staff likes Teddy as well is what he said. We know the last coaching staff liked Teddy and this one likes Teddy as well. Guys, I, I'm looking at uh, a tweet that I had that, that just said that and uh, it had over 150 responses. I think people are oh, a little. You think people fired are really excited about, about this? That. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's sick, that's where dude. It would I, go. Lo- I love yeah, seeing yeah, everyone yeah. get real fired up about Teddy coming back. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> let's be honest. This is an entertainment game, and we talk a lot about like you can't be, um, for lack of a better term, a slave to what the fans think. But the Broncos could not get away with bringing Teddy Bridgewater back as their quarterback next year. The in terms of excitement in terms of fan response in terms of trying to get this fan base excited for Nathaniel Hackett right you're trying to get them excited for a new era of Denver Broncos football and so I I think if they were to go back to Teddy it would be a really bad decision even if it might be a better football decision than Mm -hmm. an, an alternative option in fact Drew Locke being an option which we can talk a little bit more about this in a second, but he doesn't feel like an option at all based on the way they talk about him, in my opinion. But to me, it's like, even if that would be a worse football move, it's better for excitement, and it's not that much better. But, like, if you were to go get Marcus Mariota, that's better. You know what I'm trying to say? It says different, right? I don't know. Is it like anything different is good? Is that kind of what you're saying? That's what I'm getting at. And, And I'm not saying that's necessarily the truth, I'm saying that is the way it will be perceived. Yeah. But and here's how here's how it would have to be sold more so from us than the Broncos because they're not going to sell it this way is if you want the smallest investment in the quarterback this year because George Payton did say when evaluating quarterbacks this year he does look at next year's quarterback yeah, class. Great and, question and, and, from you. Oh, thank you. And understanding that they don't know where they're going to be, but he did say that. So we know that they know Bryce Young's out there. They know C.J. Stroud's out there. A stronger quarterback class is out there. So what you don't want to do is if you're looking toward next year, you don't want to go and trade a first-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins and then go pay them $40 million. Uh, and you may be paying Marcus Mariota $20, 25000000 million. So mm-hmm. the way that Teddy Bridgewater makes sense is if he's two years, $10 million, $12 million guaranteed, mm-hmm. and it very much is just another bridge. I don't know if you can have a bridge in back-to-back years like that, but that's what it would be. But, I mean, you're so yeah. right. It would not be sexy for this year. But I think it would be George Payton telling us, we're looking to next year's draft. I mean, what's interesting, like, if to Doesn't talk that about hurt the, that, though? Yeah. So, sorry, Mace. Doesn't yeah. that hurt in terms of looking to next year's draft, bringing back Teddy? In, ter- in terms of draft position, it yes. does. But I think it would show that it's very much a one-year solution again. Okay. I mean, like, to just kind of mention Drew Locke for a moment, you know, Peyton did say they have Drew Locke under contract, and then not long after says, we know we need better play out of the quarterback position. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and that would lead me to say, okay, well, then you'd want me to be looking elsewhere other than Teddy if you need better play. But when you start looking at the options, and you mentioned the cost, I mean, if you could get, let's say Mariota was $20 million guaranteed and Bridgewater was $12 million guaranteed. Mm. Right? I mean, what's, well, I, it's, I know it's not the decision that people want, but it's, it's sensible. Because you can take that $8 million in savings and go 
go upgrade your edges. And we heard a lot today about the need to get more pass rush off the edge. Real quick, why would Mar- Mariota be so much more expensive than Teddy? I mean, he hasn't started in the years. Unknown. He hasn't started in years. <laughs> the unknown, though, and and his dynamic ability potentially. You think that would actually? Dra- you think his price? There's going to be an actual market for him. Yes, I do. I do, and I don't think Mace is too far off with potentially twenty million dollars guaranteed. What an insane! I wouldn't do it. What yeah. an insane league! Um, but it, it 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 is insane, and we've talked about Drew Locke a tiny bit right now. Uh, and man, Mace, you mentioned it when Nathaniel Hackett and George Payton talk about Drew Locke, not just today, and especially Justin out last week. It just feels like what they point to is he's under contract. So it's like, well, he's under contract. So that that's what we have now. We did get one clip from Nathaniel Hackett today on, off to the side where he did say, I'm excited to work with Drew. That's really the only sign of hope for Drew was that. But it does feel like Drew is certainly on the back burner. And just he, he's not in their plans to be the starting quarterback. That's really what it feels like. I think we would have gotten a similar answer if we'd asked him about Brett Rippon. Yes. Say, I think he's. Exci- I think he would say on, on on any player on the roster right now. Nathaniel Hackett would say he's excited to work with them. There's an optimistic side to him, Absolutely. and I th- and I think he really does believe that in terms of as people. I think and he he talked about you know Drew Locke of course uh, recently getting engaged. I think it's nothing. Per- it's not that he doesn't have. It's not that he's being kind of impersonal. If anything, like he he views them all as people, but then. You step away from that, and you view him as a quarterback, and I think he, at this point, probably does not see potential long-term starter in Drew Locke. Again, we're, we're kind of reading between the lines of what we've heard over the, over the last uh, eight days or so. Right. But I, think, but I think that's probably the accurate conclusion here. And you dive further into it, and you just listen to the quotes. It's all about filling that position. It's not about, like, can we improve that position? It's, no, can we fill that position? Right. Uh, and that, that's, like, the most telling part to me is it's the, to them it's, a, it's an empty hole right now. Yep. Uh, and they have to fill the position. George Payton was asked, would you rather fill the position through the draft or through free agency? And this was my biggest takeaway from the whole thing is he said, we want the best guy, whether it's through the draft, through free agency, or through a trade. Now, trade was not brought up in the question at all, but it was brought up in the answer. And I think if you're looking for any sort of hints as to the Broncos, are they really going for the biggest, best thing? To me, that was it. That was that him essentially it, admitting that they're going to be going after these guys. And, and while we know that to be true, it kind of gives me the feeling that they're in the same place as us. Yeah, They're sitting there just hoping that one of these quarterbacks tries to force their way out. And the other thing is key to the trade thing. Peyton asked about trading multiple first-round picks to get the quarterback, mentioned how much draft capital they have overall as they get into the middle and late rounds, and that giving them the flexibility to sacrifice multiple first-round picks, especially when he he left saying that he thought the draft was really strong 30-70. to So the Bronco, you know, and and that kind of means, okay, maybe you are trading a couple of first-round picks over the next couple of years, but in this draft you're sitting there with two picks in the 30-70 to range, and you could probably 
if you want to get another one, you could take those third rounders and package them too. And after yeah. today, I really do feel like because because I was a little concerned, would George Payton be willing to move on from third from first round picks that he really covets? Because we know he's a guy he wants ten picks in every single draft, which again mm. he said today, would he be willing to trade some of those for a quarterback? And after today, I feel very confident that he would be willing to do that. And it's so obvious to us, but sometimes these football guys, especially, I mean, George Payton's a huge draft guy. He doesn't want to give up on first round picks. But after today, I feel very confident that he would. And that is the smart thing when you can go and get a Russell Wilson, a Kyler Murray, an Aaron Rodgers, potentially, you give up those picks. Hey, we know he'd think about Kyler because one thing we learned from both Payton and Hackett is they're not concerned about height. Thank you. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, I mean, they both said we used to. Yep. Uh, yep. And I'm glad that they're willing to evolve. Um, oh, oh, gosh, what were you just saying about – oh, the draft picks. I think what I learned today is that he doesn't necessarily just love draft picks to draft things. Right. He loves draft picks for what they allow you to do, and he said that. We have the ammunition – to where if we need to make a big trade, we can do that and yep. still have draft capital. Yep, exactly. Just like me and my Madden team. I already have three first-round picks for oh. next year because I like mm-hmm. the flexibility that it gives me. And, and Can't I really wait to do see like those that. players never develop on your <laughs> team. <laughs> That's very true. That's <laughs> going to happen. That's why I'm going to trade them. Just like George Payton, and he pointed to last year. What did he do with some of his draft capital? He moved up to go and get Javante Williams in the second round, and that's something that we're going to see a lot. Not and just before the draft, but in draft day, he said, is when he's going to be making some deals. And manipulated that third round to come up with both Baron Browning and Quinn Miners yep. because of their willingness to trade back as well. And, and part of that is you've got the flexibility when the draft board is falling a certain way in the third round, in the fourth round, if you say, okay, well, there are four players I like at position X and there are three players I like at position Y, and the chances of one of those guys still being there, if we move down 15 picks, is pretty good. And that's, I think, a positive about the way he he attacks, especially the, the middle rounds, is that I don't think he focuses on one guy. I think he says, okay, there's a cluster of three or four guys that we feel like could help us, and if one's there, we'll get him. Mm-hmm. And yep. any one of them falls, and in that, in the case of uh, last year's draft, they were still able to get Browning and Miners, and I think they're very happy with how that turned out. Quickly, a shout-out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. Uh, msudenver.edu slash online where you can scope out all they have to offer. Zach, were you about to say something? I was. I was going to ask you guys a question. Oh, at, please do. I love mm-hmm. questions. Yes. You, you do. Okay, so it's kind of my job, you know. I'm a mm-hmm. question guy. Um, what do you think, after talking to George and Nathaniel today, we're two weeks away from free agency, Two months away from the draft. What do you guys think their plan is at quarterback? I think plan A still starts with Aaron, starts with Aaron Rodgers. Starts with an A, yep. And then plan B would probably be, would probably be RW. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. I was trying to find a, a B in Russell Wilson. You just can't do that. So, I mean. RW. Well, he would, no, plan B is for Badger because he's a Wisconsin Badger. <laughs> yeah, there you there go. There you go. So plan, B, so, plan B is for the Badger and Russ. Uh, plan C Dare I say maybe it's re-signing Bridgewater and then drafting a guy? Oh, no. Well, I don't understand the re-sign Bridgewater part of that. It just makes no sense to me. Oh, if you, it, it, it makes no sense to me either. You're I, burning 10 to $20 million per year to do that, and it's just going to be a guy that sits on the bench for, like, Teddy's going to sit on the bench for 10 weeks after he starts the first six games. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> Drew Locke is certainly the more cost-effective option if you're looking for a British quarterback. There's no doubt, but it's just a question of uh, they they're looking for attributes where where the quarterback can be 
a bit of a mentor. And they may not see Drew Locke as, the, as someone who can be that, whereas Bridgewater could. But me, if that's the plan, if, if that is the idea that plan C is okay, we're going to go in the draft and we're going to have a mentor, I'd, I'd rather they take longer looks at you know guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick even coming off injury. Mm, I'd be in on that. And one in of terms the things of going for a or gar- or not more so much a mentor, but Gardner Minshew, if you decide to go the trade the, the trade route as someone that oh you know you see where he goes. And uh, that was my biggest takeaway. I agree with you, Mace. I think Aaron Rodgers. I think trade is plan number one because through trade you can yep. pretty much get a more known commodity and I think with where George Payton's been with the Vikings look he he tried to go the draft with Christian Ponder that didn't work out he tried Teddy Bridgewater it seemed like it was going to work out but what has worked out with Minnesota at quarterback nothing really I yeah. mean n- nothing has truly worked out and they tried to get the closest thing to a sure thing in Kirk Cousins but they signed him in free agency not not a trade and so I think he thinks trade is the way that you can land the big guy now so I think that is plan one or plan a right now and uh, maybe it's broader than just the couple of guys we've been talking about because I George Payton I believe hinted at something of uh, trading for guys that we haven't talked about yet and that aren't that obvious and so I think we kind of need to open up who we're looking at because I think George Payton may be trying to look down an, an alley that we haven't explored yet. Mm. Sounds like Carson Wentz to me. No, okay, we're uh, gonna wind, wind this back. Oh, <laughs> I really. We are in Indy right yeah. now. Gardner Minshew would be another option falling under that. I've I've had two conversations today with people about about Carson Wentz, and he's going to be just good enough to get you beat mm. if you bring him in. It's the old thing that you say about Steve Deberg back in the day, and you look at you look at him last year, and there are some moments he looked really good, but when it really mattered. He melted down. Like you, you take even. Bro, the, he had the best pick six of the year. Oh. <laughs> like you look, for example, at the game that the next to last game they played here in Indy against the Raiders, and the Colts. All the Colts had to do was win one of their last two, and of course we know that they how they bombed out in Week 18 in Jacksonville, but Week 17, that game against the Raiders, it was very simply Derek Carr made throws. Carson Wentz couldn't. Mm. And that's the difference between a very – maybe Carr isn't great, but he's very good. Sure is. You can build around him. A quarterback that you build around and then one that you don't. Yeah. yeah. And I think I feel like with, with Wentz, I think we've seen that he's just – he's not going to get to that level for whatever, for whatever reason. There's indications that maybe he's not the greatest team guy in the world. I, I would – honestly, I would hate that. I, I – I'd shudder at that. You guys want to know what made me sad today? What? Nathaniel Hackett, in talking about what he likes in a quarterback, mentioned some things that he's mentioned before. He mentioned toughness yep. as number one. He mentioned uh, intelligence. intelligence. Yeah, it was like smartness. That <laughs> shows my intelligence. Uh, intelligence is number two. Yep. Accuracy. And then he brought in a new one that we hadn't heard from him before. Accuracy is number three. Yep. And then this is what really threw a dagger into my heart is he then said, and if you get an athlete on top of it, that's a nice bonus. And I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) First of all, I mean, he pretty much just took Malik Willis right out of the mix. (laughs) And brought Kenny Pickett right into the mix. He sure did bring Kenny Kenny Pickett into the mix. We'll talk about that. I think he's back out of the mix 
from the later conversation we had with George Payton. We'll talk about that in a second. He might be in the mix for one, but not the other. Yep. They might not be on the same page on this one. I think it's possible. Yeah. So anyways, he says that if you get an athlete on top of it, that's a bonus. I was like, and I meant to follow up with him afterwards, and I just forgot because he was so exciting that I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, but I wanted to follow up with him on, on that because Mac Jones excluded – the guys that have have succeeded young in their careers so far from a rookie standpoint have been the athletic type. And I was going to ask him, you know, how do you qualify that uh, up against that being a, only a bonus for you? Um, but maybe that even points more towards the trade route and not the rookie route. And he didn't say arm talent either. It's accuracy, but not arm talent. Yeah, yep. I mean, th- this just yeah. has Mac Jones written all over it. If Nathaniel Hackett was the coach last year, the Broncos are drafting Mac Jones with the ninth overall pick. I see I mean, the sparkle it, in your eye oh, there, Zach, I, I would love that. it. I would absolutely <laughs> love it. But, I mean, right? I mean, isn't Mac Jones his perfect quarterback from these three trades? Everything he just said, yeah. I mean, I don't know specifically about the toughness mm-hmm. part. I don't um, think you can knock him for it. No, you definitely wouldn't say he's not tough. Right. But I'm just saying, like, he lived a, a very cush lifestyle yeah. um, behind the yeah. uh, uh, behind the Alabama offensive line. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, um, Josh and Bill are really good at making sure the quarterback gets the ball out of their hands mm-hmm. before they get hit. I mean, mm-hmm. you kind of look at the toughness thing. If you look at this year's draft class, all of a sudden that's – it's probably the Sam Howell conversation right there. And I think Sam Howell is absolutely in this conversation mm-hmm. because I do think Sam Howell has the intelligence. I do think he has the accuracy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think uh, I think just like he was viewed before last season as the number one quarterback, I think in the Broncos' eyes, Sam Howell is going to be right up there, if not number one. And the cu- interesting thing is that we, you know, we hear occasional buzz about you know Kenny Pickett with the Broncos, how they, you know they might, except for the hand that. Except for the hand size, they're intrigued by him. And we hear about Matt Corral. We don't hear Sam Howell's name, and maybe it's possible. Kind of like we didn't hear much about Pat Sertan last year. Mm-hmm. That, for all we know, Sam Howell was somebody they really like that checks a lot of their boxes, but they are they may play it really cool with him. And George Payton said today he may do that again this year. They yeah. played it cool with Sertan. He said, I don't need to go to every pro day or you know, especially if they could take those two second round picks and package them in the late one and get out and get Howell somewhere. In so the for 20s. a second, first first round pick, I, I'm saying they take their two second rounders and move back yep. up into right. the last eight pick, and maybe even a future third rounder, and move back up into the end of round one and pick Howell somewhere in the 20s. I, I can see that happening. And, guys, i got to say there is a little buzz about that already at the Combine. Mm-hmm. It's packaging a couple of those day two picks in order to move back into the first to get their quarterback. To me, it feels like the Drew Locke situation where they mm. passed on him not only at 10 because they traded back, then they passed on him at 20 because they got no offense, then they passed on him when they drafted Dalton Reisner. So they passed Kinda. on him three different times. Yeah, a little and bit. And this, yeah. this, that would just kind of remind me, it, it's your freaking quarterback. If yep. you like him, take him at nine. Heck, if you like him, trade two of those second rounders no, or one of those Forget the word rounders. like. It's do you love him. Right, and, and mm-hmm. then you move up in the draft. You don't just stay at nine. So, man, uh, I don't like hearing that. Of course, if you you know if you love a guy, sometimes you can pick him too high. I mean, who too high? I mean, Daniel Jones, for example. The Dave Gettleman was in full bloom love. I don't mind it Daniel though. I, I like the conviction that they had there. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't worked out so far. Oh, it it, cer- yeah. it certainly hasn't. But I, I yeah. like that he stood by his guy. But he's also maybe now standing by him too long. Potentially, which is better than than not not buying in in the first place. Uh, real quick, speaking of Daniel Jones, tiny hands. Um, 
You talking about me? No, I'm oh, talking okay, about Daniel okay. Jones. I got surprisingly large hands. Um, I, I don't. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah. I definitely don't. <laughs> a guy who fumbles the ball a whole hell of a lot. Yeah. And I actually don't know how. Were his hands tiny? Or does Daniel he just Jones? fumble it a lot? I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> just fumble. It could be one or the other. But you, uh, Mace, you asked George Payton tonight, mm-hmm. today. Uh, By the way, Daniel Jones, nine and three quarter inches. Is that big small? Enough. It's That's big fine. Enough. It's fine. Not, not, I mean, nine inches is considered the baseline. You don't want me smaller than that. Okay. I mean, right. Can Drew, you pick it like eight? Like Drew is uh, nine and a quarter, I believe, right? Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Like All Drew right. Locke has small, smaller hands for a quarterback. Interesting. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> you asked, how much do you take into account the measurables like height and hand size? Yes. He was quick to dismiss height. But he pointed out that hands he, – he didn't, I guess, directly say it, but about as close as you can get to directly saying he said, I do care about hand size. Yes. Uh, and don't care about height, do care about hand and size. And that is something that I've heard in the background midway mm-hmm. through last year is that George Payton's a big hand size guy. And so that you – th- you said earlier that brings Kenny Pickett into the mix, and that's something that knocks him out of it. That's going to be a big hurdle for Kenny Pickett to get over. Yeah, he, and, and that kind of just shows you the, the very traditional scouting background mm-hmm. that George Payton came through – came up through, and I like that he's okay with not focusing on height anymore. He's evolved to that, but it's pretty clear hand size isn't something he's going to budge on. Yeah, and in particular what Peyton said, quote, the league's changed. Now you want a little more athlete. I think height, and it's kind of dismissing it, but hand size is big. Hand size. Or it's small. If no, he was literally big, saying, small. Yeah. he was saying that uh, that's the baseline hand size for him, big. Big. Hand size, big. Big. Do you think he just measures it when he gets in these interviews with these quarterbacks? He just goes, put your hand give up to the, mine. Give me the hand. <laughs> Listen, I mean, this is why. Get out. Yeah. Get out. Too small. Out. Should we have you guys measure? Uh, I mean, we don't have. We need yeah. a like a tape measure or a ruler. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm checking in at 11, 11 inches. <laughs> let's just, let's just. Can we go? So, okay. All right. Mm. I, I got you. By I a think I bit. got you. BK yeah. says he'll grab a tape measure. <laughs> oh, Mason's oh, got. You guys holy, are gonna be close. Holy cow. Here we go. Let's go. Oh, oh, Ryan is a little bit. Little bit. He got, Tiny he's bit. got, he got a probably like a quarter inch on me, I think. <laughs> so wow. we're close. Zach, I mean. 14-inch hands. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. <laughs> so, Zach, you're not going to be on the Broncos' radar, I'm afraid. I'm sorry, uh, buddy. That's, that's a bummer. You're going to really be missing out on intelligence and accuracy. <laughs> that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> I want athleticism and hand size. Yeah. That's interesting, though, because this, what you just said, Mace, reminded me of something that I was thinking during these press conferences which is I'm a little bit surprised by this, but I don't think George Payton and Nathaniel Hackett have the same type exactly. And I don't think they're exactly on the same page in terms of what they're looking for in a quarterback. You just, I just talked about how Nathaniel Hackett broke my heart when he barely mentioned athleticism. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned that Hack, that was the first thing that Payton said when he was talking about you know the, the measurables. Right, yeah, the least changed. Now you want a little more athlete. Boom. Was his exact quote when there was? It's probably by the way. This was the stuff that was in the press conference. So if you're wondering why you maybe didn't see it this morning, watching the Broncos stream, and I find there are always more interesting things that come out 
from the off to the side that we get right. when Definitely. we're here. And it's cool. Only. Shout out to the yeah. Broncos and their PR for doing this because they do yes. it just for Denver people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the cool thing is like, okay, so you get the national and you know, they have to answer you know some weird national questions. Then you wait a little. They do their radio shows. And they pull it off to the side just for Denver media. So shout out to mm-hmm. Broncos PR for setting that up for us. But I, I think you're right. We do get a little more insight right. from those. So who should make the decision? Who should make the decision on who the quarterback is? Is it Nathaniel Hackett or is it his boss, George or, Payton? Or are you trying to say, okay, which quarterback has the crossover on the Venn diagram between the two? Well, I mean, what if it? it I mean, I guess Kenny Pickett wouldn't. So you'd cross want, him off. I want full bloom love uh, from someone. From both? Uh, no, I don't think we're going to get that. What if one person is in love? It has to be George to be? Payton. I would say it has to be Nathaniel Hackett. Here's why I say George Payton. Nathaniel Hackett said it himself. My job is to make the scheme for the quarterback. George Payton's job is to get him the best quarterback. It's, yep, yep. So then you're, you're getting a guy that is, isn't athletic, as athletic. No, you're getting a guy who is athletic because that's athletic. what George I'm Payton confused. was. Maybe, maybe it's Desmond Ritter. We haven't talked a lot about him oh, in the geez. second. He was so bad at the senior bowl. He was. He was. The game film's good, though, on him. Yeah. How about this? Uh, 49ers Jimmy Garoppolo is expected to soon undergo shoulder surgery. That's going to sideline him till the summer. Maybe this makes it less likely that he's traded to the Broncos. Why? If it's going to sideline him till the summer. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and you but don't didn't wanna... he follow up that and say he's expected to be traded in the next month? Um... Uh, did he? I don't know. I oh, he's not expected to expect his tradable. If, if and when a trade is consummated, Garoppolo would be available to begin working with the new coaching staff and medical staff. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. So or maybe this drives his price down it. a little yeah. bit. He's basically out for OTAs. Yep. They're saying out, resume so throwing somewhere. sometime prior to July 4th. So probably he's t- it's the dreaded mental reps that you'd get in May and June. I wouldn't do yeah. it. I wouldn't trade it for a guy who bring him into a brand-new offense with brand-new teammates, and then he can't work with them until training camp. Yeah, I you wouldn't. Could, I just wouldn't do it because it's it's not the quarterback. I, I wouldn't I either. But, <clears throat> you know, we, we sometimes forget how short training camp is. It feels like a month. It's two weeks. Yeah, essentially. Uh, and mm-hmm. that is not enough time to build true chemistry. Right. No. No. So uh, I was already out, and now I'm even more out. Yep, <laughs> and maybe that's something that, that takes him out. But, guys, I do think we need to open the window of who we're looking at to be the Broncos quarterback because I think it is trade, 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 and then free agency. There's one guy, and he talked about how he likes Teddy Bridgewater, so free agency might just be Teddy, and then there's uh, the draft. Did he say that? He said there's one free agent? He said there's not multiple guys. So yeah. yes, that so essentially. It's just Teddy. And, and what and what I'm not sure is does he view Teddy as a free yeah. agent because he is a free agent, but he's still under contract yeah. for the next couple of weeks. So maybe there's two if you include Teddy. Like here's the quote: I wouldn't say multiple, but there are some ones as free agents that we like that are very appealing, including Teddy. And he brought there's not multiple, guy. and there is Teddy. <laughs> yeah. so Teddy but there are them. some ones that we, Teddy's the guy. You know how I feel about Teddy, and the coaches watched him. They have a lot of good things to say about Teddy, the new coaches, and so we're just going to keep everything open at the quarterback position. Man, he's he. It seems like he's blinded by love for Teddy. 
and it seems like he's going to be like that his entire life and in his entire career, right? Because he, he loved Teddy last year because of what he did in Minnesota. Yes. And he still loves Teddy for just the type of person. And Teddy's a, a fantastic guy, but maybe George feels really, really good going into free agency if they can't land one of these guys that Teddy's a great fallback. I option. think that's what we're talking about here is that he is a, he's a contingency plan. That is so bad. Maybe plan C is for contingency. But how quick of a contingency plan? Because Teddy's not going to be sitting there after the draft. No, I, I think it would have to be something that happened. I, I, look, I think Wilson and, and Rogers, all this is going to happen in the, in the next fortnight. Mm. Next two weeks. Next so, fortnight. You know, like at Wimbledon, they always refer to it as the fortnight because it's a two-week competition. <laughs> I, I hate what you just said about him being blinded in love for Teddy Bridgewater. Do you disagree? That it's true. I don't know. I just really hope not. Or maybe it's that he knows what he's getting with Teddy, whereas if you went, uh, the the other quarterbacks that are kind of in that group in free agency, Mariota, Trubisky, Winston, okay, hasn't necessarily worked with them, but he's worked with Teddy. But didn't It's 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 the whole cliche of the better the devil you know than the one you don't. You mentioned earlier, like, getting Teddy for $12 million. Didn't Teddy's camp come out and say he wants 25 Do you think he's going to get 25 though? Well, and that goes back to George Payton saying, sometimes it's nice to let guys go see their value. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was his way of saying, sometimes guys think they're worth more than they yeah. are. Yeah. And so time. that could be an option here. Let him hit free agency, No, nothing out there. Come come back to Bron- the Broncos for half of what you and thought And one you were of the worth. things that he continued on saying after that was, uh, you know, sometimes you're going to lose guys when you do that. If you are okay losing your starting quarterback, you should not bring no. him back to be your starting if you're okay with losing him, he isn't your quarterback. Exactly. No, yeah. I don't care if you do that with Josie Jewell or a yeah, backup yeah. line. That's totally fine. Just like they did with Kareem Jackson. They cut him. He found out that he wasn't a $10 million safety on the open market. He came back for $5 million, and he found out his true value there. That wasn't the Broncos mm-hmm. telling him he was worth half. He got to find that out for himself. If you do that with your quarterback, he should not be your quarterback. All right, we'll, we'll be hanging out at some bars here uh, in Indianapolis <laughs> tonight. A uh, big part of the plans, uh, at least my personal plans later. Uh, we won't be at the DNVR bar, but that doesn't mean that you can't be at the DNVR bar later tonight. Uh, Got to be some sports on. I'm in indie mode. I don't even know what's happening outside of this building right now. Couldn't even tell you if the sun is up. Um, but the Avalanche are in action yeah. tonight, uh, according to the homie BK across the way. Uh, OG podcast listeners will remember him. Um, and uh, Against the Islanders You can tonight. head down. Yeah. That's a good game. Uh, Avs Isles, go hang out at the DMVR bar. Get yourself an RK special or any of the other great beers we have on tap. Um, get yourself a chicken sandwich or the nachos. Uh, plenty of great options down there, so go down, hang out. Uh, the last Avs game that we went to there uh, on Saturday was immaculate. Um, we, I, I haven't told this story yet on the show. We leave Spencer and Kylie's wedding. Yep. We hop yeah. on a party bus. Congratulations to Spencer and Kylie. We hop on a party bus. We're you know going crazy on the party bus, playing sing-alongs, whatever. We, we, we walk to the bar, and literally as we're opening the door, the first note of all the small things plays. The whole bar is singing, going crazy. It's packed wall-to-wall. We bring in a whole group of people. That plays. Everyone's singing. It was amazing. Then uh, the whole the whole bar cheered for them. That was amazing as well. So 
That's the type of place you walk into when you go to the DNVR And bar. you can check out Ryan Green's vlogs to see it if you aren't able to go in. Amen. And th- shout out to Allie uh, on the sticks here producing for us, making it look nice and pretty as we're here on Radio Row. And RG's <laughs> roaming around um, getting great content as well. So we've got a whole squad down here. Definitely and, uh, a better setup than our senior bowl setup. Slightly so better. Than everything that. looks a little better we're here. here on Radio Row. Uh, exactly. And uh, this Saturday, I know what's going on. It is a big UFC 272 between Covington and Masvidal. Yes. Yes, there we go. And it's a big one, and it's really big over at DraftKings. If you bet Ooh. $1, you will win on the main event. You'll win $100 no matter what happens. It can be a knockout. One guy can win. The other guy can win. It doesn't matter. You just have to play. You, you just have to put $1 on the main event. You get $100 in free bets. Also, make sure to bet on the abs tonight. Get in on, in on that action. So head to the App Store now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this 1 to 100 offer. Of course, DraftKings is the official sports betting partner of the UFC. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit restriction supplies to DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We have our pick of the week today, or are we doing that? We're not doing that. I think we're just focusing on uh, what's going on at the Combine right now. Oh, Sounds well, great. Darn, I had one. Yo, had let's one? do it. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it right. Let's get a DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. What the heck? Um, we've got the FA Cup going on in England right now, right? The uh, Cinderella Story. Do you know Sto- what FA stands for? Football Association. All right. Yes. That's free agency. <laughs> the other free FA. Free agency cup. That would be sweet. The other FA. But uh, the, the Cinderella story right now is Borum Wood from the fifth-tier National League which has made the round of 16. They're going to be playing at Everton. I know uh, some of my friends are big-time Everton fans. I'm going to take 19 to 10 odds that Borum Wood, they're not going to win, but they're going to put exactly one goal on the board. They just have to score. You get two to one. Yes. Or almost two to they one. Get, they, get exa- they, they, get, they get exactly one goal. It's just about two to one. Oh, exactly right. one goal. I mean, I don't think, I don't think this is a side that's capable of exploding, but I think they're going to have their moment tomorrow night. So I'm going to go. I'm going to take that exactly one goal, 19 to 10 odds. I'm about to find out if we can bet on DraftKings. Oh, we can bet on DraftKings here. Yeah, in I think Indiana. Indiana's, uh, I mean, Indiana, Illinois, I think Ohio as well. You go to Wisconsin, on the other hand, eh, yeah, they're, they're bummer. They're fuddy-duddies up there. I try to only go to places that have legal, legal sports gambling. Helps me stay out of trouble. Um, <laughs> all right, let me look what I got here. NHL, we're going to the Avs. Pick of the night. Avs, Islanders. Wow, Avs heavily favored. So to get any value on this at all, we're going to have to give up a point and a half, which is fine with me. We'll take the Avs on the puck line, minus 115. Book it. Abs by four. Mm, Ooh, okay. I absolutely hey, hey. love that. Guys, what have I missed in the past couple of days? Over at DraftKings Sportsbook, Evan Neal is now the favorite. Minus 115 to be the first pick in the NFL draft. What happened? Why is there a switch from Aiden Hutchinson uh, and Thibodeau? I, I those know. guys were the were the number one and number two. I All love about s- protecting Trevor Lawrence. I mean, everything is about him right now. And the Jags do have a pretty good pass rusher off the edge in Josh Allen, although certainly – you have to think about pairing him with Hutchinson and seeing where it could go. But yep. but but the investment the, inve- the, the investment everything the Jaguars doing is, are doing is about maximizing Trevor Lawrence, protecting Trevor Lawrence, and so that's why I think Neil is uh, shooting up, at least in their estimation. And in honor of uh, Joe Burrow doing what he did this year in the Cincinnati Bengals, going from, what, plus 125? Oh, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
at plus 10,000. I can't get over that. And, of course, I mean, this you is a You can't get out. over the worst team in the NFL back-to-back -back years being plus 10,000 to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, they, they, they've set up with uh, Allie's, uh, Allie's coach. They've, uh, they, I do love Doug. Yeah, they've got mm -hmm. Doug I, in the building. So sprinkle a little bit on that. He's actually in this building. He As is. we yep. speak, he I is. just he saw is. him yep. walk by. <laughs> so he's doing his presser today then, huh? Yes, he is. Or, well, he was on NFL Network or something. Okay. There you go. Um, um, and I'll, I'll give a, a more serious one. Unfortunately, Packers to win the NFC North at minus 145 right now. Aaron Rodgers hasn't officially made his decision, something we're going to talk about probably tomorrow. Uh, but I like those odds right now. And finally, if you don't want to head down to the DNVR bar, but you still want to watch the Avs game tonight, you might be in big trouble um, because greedy billionaires are keeping you from being able to do that. But not Ivaca TV. You got to check out our new partner, Ivaca TV. Um, they, ha they are a streaming service. That has altitude on there. So if you want to watch the games, you want to be able to, you know, follow the teams, um, and you want to at least do it legally, Ivaca TV is a great, great option for you. Um, and, and this is something that, you know, people have been wanting for a while, right? Um, how can I get the games without having to deal with these cable companies, without having to make the switch, um, without having to get DirecTV, which, you know, you say what you will about them. Um, but Ivaca TV, a great, great option. Your price is locked in for two years. Um, you can rent a receiver for 5 bucks a month uh, or purchase one straight up for $2.50. Um, great stuff. And uh, they've got AT&T uh, Sports Rocky Mountain coming soon, so you'll be able to watch the Rockies on there too. Um, so you'll be able to watch all the teams. It's what we need. It is what we need in Colorado. Exactly. So check out Ivaca TV. Uh, a sweet new partner that we have here at DNVR. Hey, if you sign up for Avaca, maybe we can do something about that .19 rating yeah. that the Nuggets are getting for their games right now. I wonder if they yeah. would count that. Hopefully they do. I um, hope they do too. I mean, we know they don't count the illegal streaming numbers, but I assume we're number one in the league. <laughs> I mean, when yeah, you get when the Orlando Magic is getting a higher local rating than you are. And by the way, the Magic is having some of the same local issues with their provider, Bally Sports, as we're seeing with Altitude. As you guys know, I'm Comcast, very so. as you guys know, I'm very like protective of Denver and Denver sports fans. No way. Um, and. <laughs> When that news came out there, people were, like, dragging Nuggets fans because right. they just think, like, oh, they have the best player in the world and they don't even care. It's and not it, their and fault. It, like, <laughs> I, was, I didn't know what to do with myself because I was like, I need to fight every single person <laughs> who is saying this. They don't understand the truth. Like, I'm not going to be reply guy who goes in, you don't understand. That's not, what, that's, you, that's, that's not how it works. But uh, that was tough because uh, that, you know, was it Wall Street Journal that came out with that or yeah. someone – they didn't um, leave an asterisk on there that said, like, people in Denver, I think over 65% of people in Denver have Comcast right. mm -hmm. or Xfinity. So 65% of people in Denver can't, couldn't even watch it if they want to. And a lot of people don't have a choice. When you live in an mm -hmm. apartment building, they tell you what Internet, what TV service right. you need to get. So there's a lot yeah. of people who can't um, switch to other and now they things can. like network. Exactly. Ivaca. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that at your apartment building uh, if you work with Ivaca. By the way, ton of people watching not a lot of thumbs up oh, uh hit us with a thumbs up if you're uh, watching us i mean this this has got to be thumbs up worthy show history coming to you from radio row it's our first ever show from radio row right yes Anywhere, yeah, even like recorded it is yeah yep. first live show so there we go with uh, the lights and everything i, I know mean, this is i also like the lights mm -hmm. in the background i'm looking at the set it, like i don't know it has a cool feel to it that mm -hmm. other people have lights and yeah it's great 
It's great. It's awesome. It's so cool to be here. We do have some super chats. Do you want to get to that later? or no? We'll get to those in the third segment. Um, but before we get there, let's talk about some other non-quarterback takeaways uh, from what you heard from these guys today. Yeah, huge takeaway for me. The Broncos, if they don't go quarterback in the first round, it's going to be right tackle or it's going to be pass rusher. Not only did George Payton say those are the two strengths of this draft, but then when talking about the Broncos, what the roster and what this roster needs, he said, obviously, we need a right tackle. And then he said, we need edge rushers. We need pass rushers. So uh, we've talked about, I think, last week or two weeks ago, we broke down the Broncos' biggest strengths outside of quarterback. Those are the two we said. That's what George Payton's identified, and he says it matches up well with this draft. So Broncos, especially if it's not in the first round, mm -hmm. second and second and third round, uh, right tackle and edge. And we've talked about cornerback as well, but they're going to meet with Bryce Callahan's agent here, and that tells me, again, furthermore, that it is edge or right tackle early on, and that cornerback is kind of pushed down the list. And certainly if you re-sign Bryce Callahan, you feel pretty good about – Pat Sertan, Ronald Darby, Bryce Callahan is your one, two, three, with Michael Ojemudia being the, the cornerback four in the mix there. I think that's sort of uh, that's where you can see kind of all the pieces lining up right now. Just what what what's the contract for Bryce? And and maybe that's something mm -hmm. where he does need to hit the market and find out his value first because he when he plays he's worth a lot of money. But he's the terrific. big question is when he plays. And and I think maybe one of the things that you're thinking about is that uh, if the contract can be fair. With what you saw from O.J. Moody late last season when he came in there, you feel confident that if Callahan does miss some time, that O.J. Moody is ready to step up for a bigger role. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that George Payton takes a different approach to these injury-prone guys um, than John Elway did, just because it always felt like you're crossing your fingers. And crossing your fingers going into a season is such an uncomfortable feeling. You can't count on Bryce Callahan. It's nothing against the guy or the player. I really like Bryce Callahan, the player, when he's playing. But, in fact, you can count on him. You can count on him to miss games. And that is not, just not a comfortable place for me to be. Um, John Elway was constantly doing this in free agency in the draft, trying to get guys that you can get later in the draft or trying to get guys that you can get a discount on because of their injury history. And then we sit over here and we panic because the, the injury history comes up. I mean, Bryce Callahan made it like a, a couple days in practice of his first season before he got hurt. Um, who else? Uh, you know, the, there was the, a couple of right tackles that yep. they added to the mix who were injury prone that got injured. It's like Jawan James literally had a major injury every other year yep. before the Broncos signed him. He was so injured that I forgot who he even was until just now. Menelik Watson was always hurt yep. in Oakland. Yep, comes here, hurt. So and I hope even that Donald Stevenson injury history too. I mean, this is something that's been that had been going on for ages. And you know what sucks is sometimes if you, let's say you let Bryce walk, maybe he signs with the Packers and he stays healthy the whole year, and you're just thinking to yourself like, wow, how did we not pay him that five million dollars? But at a certain point, you just have to be able to count on your roster, and of course, injuries are going to happen, but you can't cross your fingers every year. Right, exactly. You, you can't, and one of the free agents the Broncos brought in that hasn't been hurt is Melvin Gordon, and that was something that uh, that I believe George Payton talked about today, said we want him back, he pairs well with Javante Williams, and they are talking to his representatives. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a price point thing. Now, Melvin has said he's, you know, has expressed a willingness to come back perhaps for less he wants to, clearly he wants to be in Denver and 
It's just a question. That, that may be a test the market, see what's out there, perhaps. But at least they can go in and they can have kind of a set of parameters as they go into the next month. I'm curious where Broncos fans are at on Melvin Gordon right now. They were really cold, then they warmed up a little bit, then he had a, like, right as he was getting at his best level, he had a very costly fumble. So just let us know in the chat. Are you in or out on Melvin Gordon right now? Because I personally am in. Um, I think price depending, yeah. but I'm in. I, I'm going to guess here. They're in as long as he doesn't get the first carry. Yep, I exactly. think they're in with Javante being the being the one A part of the tandem, not Melvin being one A, Javante being one A, being yep. the one who's up first. And that's what he would be. He, yeah. he Melvin would be brought back in to be a really good complement to Javante. It'd be the opposite of what it was last year, where they split 50-50 pretty much, but Melvin was always getting that first carry. It'd be the opposite, except I'd expect even Javante to you know be 55-60% this mm-hmm. year. It's uh, pretty split here. Uh, we've got no Gordon, no more Gordon, please. Love Melvin. I'm in. Uh, he single-handedly lost three games. I don't think that's true. I'm in regardless. Uh, only want Melvin if we have Aaron or Russ. Same as RK, but lower price tag than currently. If Melvin gets less than $3 million a year, then sure. Um, so it, it's honestly a, big, a pretty big mix here, and that's kind of where I thought. It, it's not – you can't – I don't know. To me, it's like – He's a really good running back. He's a really good NFL running back, and he does a great job of making something out of nothing, which is one of Javante's biggest weaknesses to this point in his career, in his very short career. He struggled. If there's something there, he's great at getting a ton out of something. Mm -hmm. He's not good at getting something out of nothing. And I think he's helping Javante read things better. Like One thing that Melvin Gordon is – very advanced on compared to Javante Williams is being able to read the holes as they develop and attack them. And that's something that I think Javante can get better at just by watching Melvin and just by studying with him. And, stu- and especially now that we're, you know, there's going to be a greater outside zone emphasis, studying that as well and seeing, and, and, and seeing the, the tactics that Melvin Gordon has had success. Has Melvin done a lot of outside zone in his career? They've had some, there were some outside zone elements way back at Wisconsin. That, I believe, for yes. sure. Yes, and he was, I mean, again, it was the college level, but he was transcendent. Dominant, yeah. <laughs> I um, mean, you know, it was basically the, the two best guys in that scheme were him and Jonathan Taylor, and there was a little bit, of, and then a little bit of distance to Monte Ball, who played in Denver. Of course. Um, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little worried about Javante from that uh, standpoint. Not necessarily from his style mm-hmm. um, or anything. Obviously, vision uh, goes up a little bit in terms of importance when you're in the outside zone scheme. But I'm just – I never like it, and we've talked about this before, you draft a guy for one system, and then he has to go instantly play in another system. And, you know, this happened with Dalton Reisner. He's kind of the poster child of this take for me, is you actually drafted him for this current system, what you're going to be going into, which mm-hmm. is outside zone, more zone, you know, schemes, um, obviously the West Coast. And then he instantly has to switch into a different version of the West Coast, which uses a lot more power. Um, and he just struggled. Um, he was never the same guy that he was as a rookie. And so there's just never any guarantees that he's going to, you know, flip the switch and all of a sudden be good. And again, like I said, vision becomes even more important. You got to find that lane, right? Pick it and go. Um, Can and he pick it and mm-hmm. go? Hopefully not. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to pick it and go, and and he and we just had we didn't see him do it that much last year. So right, yeah, it, it, it's a good point. Um, another guy, Noah Fant, 
George Payton would not commit on whether the team is picking up his fifth-year option. Yeah, Ryan's giving the yikes face right there. Um, yeah, I mean, that we, we saw Steve Keim, even with all the drama coming out today around Kyler Murray, he said, yes, of course we're picking up Kyler Murray's fifth-year option. And isn't that what you do with, with, with a guy who you love the fifth-year option not a bus. for? What? A guy that's not a bust. Exactly. You you instantly pick that up. Now, I'm not saying that Noah Fant is a bust right now. I'm but not either. It just, but if you don't pick up the fifth, that means you thought he was a bust. But yes, that, and, but, and yeah. it's, it's, it's just it, it's it's disappointing in what that draft pick was. But wasn't something similar said about Bradley Chubb yep. in March of last year, and they yep. picked it up. Yep. And then Peyton said, quote, Fant's a really talented player, and we want him here for a long time, unquote. I think, I think, right, but I think it's just, okay, they don't have to make that decision until May, and that's, I think this is just a keep everything open, you never know, maybe there's a tight end, maybe Trey McBride falls into their lap and they absolutely love him, and they end up picking him in the draft, but I think. But if you're doing that, aren't you admitting that you don't, that no offense not? No, you're saying like, okay. You're saying he's a bust. No, what right. you're no, what you're saying then is not that he's a bust. That maybe you just maybe you had an ungodly just in the hypothetical, you had an ungodly grade on Trey McBride. Maybe you think he's the fifth best player in the draft okay, overall, and he's sitting there in the second round, and you say, "Well, we had him, we had him this high. We we're just going to pick him." I don't think that's likely, but just that's the sort of scenario. I think George Payton is one of those keep everything open until you have to make a decision. And they don't have to they don't have to make the announcement on Fant until May. I think the fact that he said we want him here for a long time tells me that it's likely going to be he's brought back. To me on the fifth year option. This is a hard and fast rule. If you don't pick up the fifth year option, they were a bust. And even considering not picking it up tells me that it wasn't a hit. You know what I'm saying? Right. If you hit on the draft pick and you feel great about it, you don't think twice about picking up the fifth-year option. You pick it up as soon as you can. Think about this. Think about the last two fifth-year options the Broncos have picked up or or have decided on. They decided no on Garrett Bowles. They should have decided yes. Mm. And they decided yes on Bradley Chubb. And uh, right now, what the stats say, what the facts say, they should have said no. Now, George Payton talked about Bradley Chubb. He said this is going to be the first time that he's healthy going into the season in so long. That's Touch wood. Sh- that, I was going to mm-hmm. say that's so true. But remember, Bradley Chubb was healthy going into last year until – he wasn't. He, until he, yeah, he, well, until he dealt he, exactly, with exactly until he wasn't. Well, then he also dealt with injuries even at OTAs as well. That's what I'm saying. He yeah, he, he, he was healthy it, even before or he wasn't healthy no. before even the season started. So. Uh, and uh, so that's someone they're going to have to make a decision on him, not the fifth year option because he's playing on that this year. But they're going to have to decide: Are they going to pay him twenty million dollars to be a guy on this team for the next four or five years? And Peyton did mention something about the tight ends in general. Talked about having having be better in the run game, better as blockers. Yep, as well and. I think probably talking a bit more about Albert Okwebunam, especially when we look at we mentioned you know mentioned Melvin Gordon's fumble and how that the root cause of that was against Kansas City Okwebunam just absolutely whiffing there. Yep. In that in that scenario down near the goal line, but I think I think that's still part, can't fumble the ball. Yeah, you can't fumble. You can't can't fumble the ball. Fumble the ball. It's not straight, but. The fa- and something else that happened that I think is interesting and you can even bring into the quarterback conversation is how many times in the last three games you noticed just defenders pouring in to stop the run in a way that we didn't see in the first 
14 games as yeah. well. And maybe there's something there to Drew Locke still struggling with pre-snap identification. I mean, that was a thing that got Brock Osweiler benched back in week 17 of the 2015 season for Peyton Manning was he was struggling with pre-snap ID. Yeah. I mean, it certainly didn't help. And teams very felt very comfortable um, bringing guys into the box and bringing a lot of pressure mm-hmm. towards Drew Locke. And you can kind of – you can kind of do both things at the same time, right? If you're willing to just bring bodies and you're saying, I don't care if it's a run or a pass, we're bringing bodies, mm-hmm. then it makes it a lot easier to call the defense. And if, if your quarterback isn't diagnosing things fast enough, then it makes it really easy for the defense to say, we can commit to – you can commit to the run and to blitzing the quarterback at the same time, if you know what I'm saying. Yes. And that's what they were doing heavily. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what what were your guys' other takeaways today? Nathaniel Hackett, man, He's I isn't he? I I can't get enough of this guy. Um, I'm super excited for just the energy that he's going to bring to the team. Um, the word that I just can't can't stop going back to is refreshing. It is so refreshing to have the leader of the Broncos bringing this type of energy. Um, the way that he talks about guys, the way that he talks about coaching, the way that he's passionate about everything. Imagine. I don't know. Imagine if you're working at a place and things are not going well and your boss is also, like, really boring and dry and critical. Um, And over time, especially when you aren't seeing personal success or team success, I imagine that can get really old. And I'm sure that's what happened with Vic Fangio. You know, by the end, I'm sure you guys heard it too. Players, coaches, everyone was complaining about Fangio. Then all of a sudden – the management changes and you have this energetic, exciting guy who's showing you love and he wants to give you a hug and all these things like it might be a little bit much at first, but over time and just over in, in terms of a day to day going to work feel is going to be night and day difference for the Broncos. And I legitimately think that alone, forget any of the coaching stuff, the idea that people are going to enjoy going to work for the Broncos is going to make a massive difference. Now, I don't know how many wins that's worth, but I think it's it's almost unquantifiable because of the differences that happen after that, right? The second that guys are, are opening their eyes in the morning and saying, I'm ready to go to work, I'm excited to go to work today, can have effects that you can't even measure. And I think that that Nathaniel Hackett is legitimately going to bring that to the Broncos. Couldn't he be the perfect coach for a rebuilding year, if that's what the Broncos are looking at, is by even though things are going really bad and they're 3-13 and 13 heading into Week 18, at least it's, it's, it's a good place to be for the circumstances. And uh, when talking about the Broncos, I think it's naive to think that there's no chance they don't rebuild this year. Where the mm-hmm. quarterback spot is right now, where this coaching staff is right now, but, man, Nathaniel Hackett could get them through this year and then also of course he's a guy you could be with when you're winning as well but that would be that he's the type of coach that if if you're with Vic Fangio and you're rebuilding man that's gonna be a brutal year if you're with a guy like Nathaniel Hackett you can make it through a year and you'd have a template for that I think Cincinnati with Zach Taylor back in 2019 as far as a a young coach a relatively young staff uh, there's a lot there's there's a lot of common threads and kind of where the Bengals were and where the Broncos could be. Now, it's tough. And, and the, talking about is one thing. 
going through it in Denver where they really haven't had a season like that, mm-hmm. at least not that anybody remembers. Uh, that's something different uh, entirely. Face it, in Cincinnati, there's a little bit of a being accustomed to that over the years. They, they have those types of seasons every now and again. And you also, for better or for worse, you probably have the most patient ownership in the league in Cincinnati. We don't know what that's going to look like here as yeah. well. Yeah. And you may not. So, in, in theory, it sounds great to have kind of a rebuilding type of year, especially if that's a long-term plan toward getting quarterback fixed next year in the draft, uh, hopefully for a generation. But are you in an environment where you can pull that sort of season off? That's the question. Yeah. I don't know. I get uh, it today talking to him um, and really uh, getting to be face-to-face with Nathaniel Hackett. Mm-hmm. It's not as corny as it comes off, at least for me. It, it's a little corny for sure. Not to say he's not corny at all, but it feels so much more genuine right. when you're standing right next to him. Like, and it is. He's not doing a bit. Right. And if you're watching – from a screen, it can literally look like he's doing a bit. Um, he does like he feels like Ted Lasso. There, the amount of Ted Lasso energy coming off of him is crazy, but it's genuine. He's not acting. You know, that's actually who he is. And when you're standing right next to him, you get that feeling. Today was the first time I had that opportunity, and I just I couldn't get enough of it. It's real, authentic energy that comes from him i mean he's making jokes with the media he was uh mm-hmm. they asked him to stay in the middle and he like got real close he's like is this close enough mm-hmm. to you guys he's joking around he's having a good time he gives off so- he gives off such positive energy yeah things that vic never would have done yeah when he got up he got like i don't know two inches away from troy rank's face <laughs> and troy was like great <laughs> and then the best part is Troy, you know, already had a question ready, and he was like, George Payton says you like to make people feel uncomfortable. He's <laughs> like, yep, just did it with, with you, Troy. Um, yeah, I mean, and that was cool, too, you know, hearing that it's not all just sunshine and rainbows from him. He really likes to push people mm-hmm. into yeah. uncomfortable places and make them, you know, think from different ways. And he said, if we're all just comfortable, it doesn't force us to grow. That, too, is the Ted Lasso kind of Elon, mm-hmm. you know, kind of in, in – you know, empowering followers to become leaders, right? Mm-hmm. I think uh, in, in the first season of Ted Lasso when, you know, the team's picking on Nate and he tells Roy he's not going to do anything about it because mm-hmm. he wants Roy to do something about it because it's his lock because he's the captain yep. and he needs to lead. Yep, That's the sort of thing I could see Nathaniel Hackett doing completely. Totally. Yeah. And I, I just uh, – I, I really like it. I really, yeah. really like the energy that he's bringing. Even if it's a sh- short-term pain for long-term gain. Totally. Yeah. All right. Also, want to give. Let's a just sh- hope there's no Nate Turncoat in that. Uh, I know. Oh, no right? spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> Wait, you haven't seen season? Come on. No, I've no. seen it. I've seen okay. it. Okay. I, I haven't seen it. So I think I appreciate we're at, that. Well, I Zach, know, but, are you ever going to see it? I've seen a couple episodes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When do you, when does the whole thing of no spoilers stop? <laughs> because we are we're six we are six months from the the second season of Ted Lasso. Mm. I mean, can we talk about it yet? Uh, I don't know. I don't At know. least I think you can talk about it, but you have to say spoilers and give people a chance to okay. skip through. So I can just leave now? Yeah, okay. you can go. Okay. No, we could so have a we'll whole... Have someone else. We Nikki, have <laughs> Nikki's here. Can we get Nikki yeah. to take in? I tried to get Nikki. We could have a whole podcast about Nate in season two, and I'm not going to spoil anymore. I'm just going to say that that's <laughs> out. We well, yeah. and Zach, I, I really want you to watch the show now because for me it's like, Nathaniel Hackett is like Ted Lasso, but you're yeah. going to see it the other way around. You're going to see Ted Lasso is like Nathaniel Hackett, mm-hmm. uh, and I want to I want to hear that perspective. Who, so who's copying who? Here's an uncomfortable question. Well, then Hackett was first. 
Hackett was first. But at the yeah. same time, has Hackett kind of even evolved a little bit to incorporate some of the Ted Lasso ethos? I mean, there were, Ted Lasso as a show is so influential that you're going to probably see at some point a coach that is really like Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. I agree. Total, that, I mean, I, like, we're, I we're looking right at him. I mean, you could see 10 years from now someone saying, I watched Ted, Ted Lasso, and that told me that that I want to be, be a coach. coach. Yeah. Yes. And oh, one, of the, one, of, one of the things that I love about Nathaniel, um, and that's what you call him when Coach Hackett's around, <laughs> meaning his dad, and you can call him Nate when uh, his dad isn't around. But one of the things I love about him is he's unapologetically himself. And I think that's so important, especially in hard times in the NFL, is to be who, who you are and who you believe in. He's also not going to pull the Jason Garrett Call me coach crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not to get too deep here, but it, it, not only is that important in coaching, it's just important in life. Absolutely. If you, you know, if you are just yourself, you will attract people who like that person. Right. And you won't attract people who you don't want to deal with uh, and don't want to be a part of it. But, like, that's exactly what – and I asked him that. I said, you're doing things, like, very differently. This is a guy who hired a coach for coaches. Right. Uh, and, I, and I asked him, how much did you think about this as you were coming up and, you, you know, you thought one day I might have a chance to be a head coach. I'm going to do it my way. And he says, I don't know if it's as much about that as it is I just – I have to be myself. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to surround himself with young, energetic people. So that's what he did in his coaching staff. He's not doing it the way everyone else did, but he's not thinking, like, I'm, I need to do it differently. Right. He's just mm-hmm. doing what he wants to do. He, you know, he reveres um, – oh, gosh, I'm, I'm blanking on the name uh, – the, the coach coach. Um, oh, Vieira. John Vieira. John Vieira. Yeah, John Vieira or Vieira. I'm not sure. Um, they're, well, they're college buddies. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he reveres this guy. He thinks he's amazing. He thinks he's incredible. He's like, I, I want him on my staff. And guess what? He has the power to do that, and he brought him in. Um, despite George Payton not having any idea <laughs> what it's all about, he, he let him do it, which I like that about George Payton as well. Um, but I, ju- I, I love this about Nathaniel Hackett. He is Nathaniel Hackett, nothing else. Yep. And people in the comments are really glad to hear that. They're saying that it does come off that way on the screen, like you were saying, Ryan. So it's good to hear that it is very genuine and it isn't just something that he's putting on for the cameras. I, I'm very confident in that. Of course. This is who Nathaniel Hackett is. <laughs> and what, this is the third time I've talked to him now in person, and yes, this is who he is. And, and it's yeah, he's not for, – it's so unforced. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just really how he, how he, he comes off. Uh, speaking of authentic, if you want some authentic Denver-style pizza, you got to hit up Sexy Pizza. They've been in the Denver community for over 13 years now, and they have some delicious pizzas, including their philanthropies, which I think are really cool. Every – Pie donates a little bit to a Colorado uh, nonprofit organization. These are specialty pies. They're delicious. You can get them in 16 inches, uh, 12 inches, 18 inches. Um, but make sure you check out Sexy Pizza. I personally love their green chili pizza. May says they have some great salads. So uh, wherever you, whatever you try out over there, hit up Sexy Pizza and uh, and and enjoy that delicious, delicious pizza. And you got to pair it with a Breck beer, of course, because Breck beer is delicious, goes with pizza, really goes with anything. And we're out here in Indianapolis, so we got to check out the Breck beer locator to find out the closest place that has Breckenridge beer. Because last week in Colorado, boy, was it avalanche season. 
with the cold. Now in Indy, we're talking 60s. It is strawberry sky season, but really you can't go wrong with any Breckenridge beer. So whether you're in Denver, if you're at the bar, come uh, come check out and get it. Of course, we have so many Breckenridge beers on tap. And then also if you're not in Denver, not in Colorado, check out the Breck Beer Locator to get your Breckenridge beer. Also quickly, we're doing another DNVR Nuggets party bus. I know a lot of you guys did the Broncos ones with us um, this year. Uh, and the Nuggets ones are also a blast. But what's even better about the Nuggets one that we do is we also get a block of seats. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, not only do you get to come to the bar, have some drinks, hang out, hop on the bus with all the DNVR family and go to the game, then when you're at the game, you also get to sit with those people and keep the party going and then go back to the bar and keep the party going some more. <laughs> uh, so it would be a great time. Check it out on dnvrlocker.com where we host all of our merch. You can also get your, uh, your tickets to the DNVR Nuggets party bus and game. Yeah, let's and we got that's coming up the end of March, correct? There we go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's jump into some of these super chats. All right, we're, our first super chat comes from Mr. Stumi. Uh, thanks for your insights. Aloha, DMVR. Oh, hello. Aloha. Aloha as well. Thanks yes. for means, checking in. That's what, hello. That's what they say here in Indianapolis. <laughs> yes, yes. Then we have Chance Greg who said trade for Baker question mark. Also oh. appreciate y'all's viewpoint a lot. Yeah, I can tell you you. what. I think Baker would like a trade out of (laughs) Cleveland, and I think Cleveland would like to trade Baker. The question is, though. uh, Tough. Yes. Check. Intelligent. Intelligent. Check. Yes. Uh, Accurate. Check. How intelligent, I think, is what what we bring into the equation. Football intelligence, I think, definitely. That's high. If there's a thing you question, I think maybe it's the emotional intelligence because he gets into these back and forths, these, you know, this chirping with media that I think it be it would behoove him to step back. He doesn't. It doesn't do him any good to be sniping back and forth with Tony Grossi, for example. Yeah. He's averaged fourteen interceptions in the past three seasons. Yeah. Is that is that football intelligence though? Uh, I think he's got I a little bit of hero has hero come, syndrome. I, I think, think yeah. his intelligence. It, it not. I'm not saying his intelligence has come down, but his decision making on the football field. I think has come down since he was a rookie, or since he entered the draft, in terms of how he's viewed. Well, we're gonna have to do a whole show about the other guys yep. that the Broncos mm-hmm. could trade for. He'll definitely be mentioned there. I mean, basically, like with Baker Mayfield, it's it's too it's too good it's too good to very good years and too shaky years. I mean, rookie year, well, rookie year looked like he was about to become an elite quarterback. And then in year three, and then in year three, he was up what twenty six to eight touchdown interception ratio. It was yep. terrific. Yep. I mean, it's the it, other two years we're talking yeah. one to one right. ratio, and you know what this reminds me of? This is Juwan James, just in a different conversation. Juwan James yeah. was one year on in terms of being healthy, one year off in terms of not mm. being healthy. This is the exact same thing with Baker: one year being really good, one year of not mm-hmm. being good at all. One year being really good, one year of not being good at all. That consistency. I mean, I guess he, he's certainly a guy that's in this equation right now. What sure. separates him from, say, Sam Darnold is Sam Darnold has never really been good. Oh, I just don't Baker, like that we're talking yeah. about these guys. Ba- I like, hate we're, that. We're going to have I don't, to. I don't want Sam Darnold, period. Okay. But Sam Darnold's never shown it. Baker at least has shown it in two seasons yep. that he can be an effective quarterback. So it's like, all right, what went right here? What went wrong in these others? How do we prevent those 
bad years from happening again. Accuracy, though, I don't know. In the two bad years, he was at 59.4% and 60.5. And 60.5 and 60. was just what last year. What about the good years? The good years, 62.8. I okay. mean, we're not talking like 69 or anything, and 63.8. Nice. So good enough, but not... Not anything where you're like, okay, well, we can overlook those bad years. Yep. All right. What else we got? Super chats. Um, well, going to your conversation that you guys were just having, a lot of the chat was talking about the possibility of Kyler Murray with everything going on. We have our PHNX guys out here. You want to tease a little bit? Yeah, I think we're going to do a little mini show, a little DNVR PHNX crossover a little later. They're hyped for it behind the camera. <laughs> Where we're going to try to uh, pry, uh, pry Kyler from their fingertips. <laughs> yep, and uh, I think they're willing to just give him to the Broncos, so and, we'll, yeah. we'll take it. It's easier to hold on to him, though, because he's so small, so it's going to be harder <laughs> to rip him away. What are you saying about small people, Ryan? I'm saying that you can grip them easier. Uh, that's probably that's true. A weird I'm thing. also saying the Broncos <laughs> have, no, on from they, that. They have no problem with <laughs> small quarterbacks now, though. That's, that's very true. true. Yes. That's very true. So maybe I am in the equation. <laughs> okay. Jake here was the last super chat we have. He says, hey, guys, I live in Indy. Go to Kilroy's and get some breadsticks. Mm. And okay. what round would you take a wide receiver if a good one falls like Dotson, Moore, Bell? Man. Not in the top three. Not in – yeah, I was going to say you can't do it in the first two days. You, you have too much invested. I mean, with Jerry Judy as a first-round pick, K.J. Hamler uh, was also brought up again. He's recovering well. And then you just invested tons in Court and Sutton and Tim Patrick. It, w it wouldn't make any sense. I would yeah. say pick 96. That's as, about as early as you go. Yeah. Whenever, that 96 is when they pick round three, right? And that's got to yeah. be so, someone special dropping to you. Yeah, like just – just you're saying, okay, best player. Of, he's the best player on our board. He's the best player by dozens of, of spots. Right. Then you do it. Man, where would they even fit? I mean, you're just not getting on the fit. Unless it's, it's a, a K.J. Hamler mm. replacement. Uh, right. Or it's a Debo Samuel role where mm. he's going to be your backup running back that gets some, and then you can also put him on the field anywhere. Fair enough. And that is it for Super Chats? Yes, that is it. All right, All let's right. jump Thank into the comment section. Thank you, guys. Also, keep hitting that thumbs up. Yes, please. And we have some people tuning in on Twitter. If you're t tuning in on Twitter or Periscope, jump over to our YouTube stream. We've all tweeted it out. It's also on the DNVR Broncos account, so go there and check that out. The live stream is going to be better. It also helps us more. Mm -hmm. And then also that's where the comment section is popping, so make sure to jump over on there. All right, speaking of the comment section, you want to bring us into the comment section on the DNVR.com? Mm -hmm. First one coming in from Hall of Famer Kendall Hinton says, just wanted to add my two cents when we talk about the perfect or percentage of fan base that doesn't want Rodgers. Would I like to have Rodgers on our team and be a Super Bowl threat? Yes. Do I want Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and probably even a rookie, especially one from next year instead of him? Yes, for several reasons. Will I be happy to have to deal with his shenanigans and negative stuff? No. Would I trade two first, two seconds, and a player like Judy for him if he could retire after one year and there may be a 40-50% chance, 60% chance he retires after two years? We don't know after all. I really don't think I would. What camp do I fall in? LOL. Curious what you guys think. There, I, I bet there's a huge portion of Broncos fan base that likes Rodgers, but only wants Rodgers under very very specific conditions or as like a third or fourth option. There's no, I mean, if you have specific conditions, you're just not getting it. Mm -hmm. Also, 
and this is just common sense because you're not going to get Aaron Rodgers' word that he's playing four more years. I, I, I wouldn't imagine you would. No, you would get his word in a contract that would say, okay, if you come back next year, you're going to get paid $45, $50 million. That's his incentive to come back. But you are getting no guarantee. There's, there is a chance that you trade three first-round picks, Jerry, Judy, and two, two second-round picks, and he plays one year. And then you're burned if yep. you don't win a Super Bowl. But you're not going to get a guarantee where, like, he writes in blood that he's going to play for four years. So it, it is a gamble. Honestly, he's the type of weird guy that would maybe write something in blood. He probably, yeah, probably is how he signs <laughs> things. You're right. No, he writes it in ghee. Ah, uh, yeah. From yeah. his mouth, he just throws up everywhere. Oh, come on. <laughs> or there, well, I, I could go in a really bad direction. But yeah, I'm let's not. Going not. Here. Yeah, let's Diarrhea is what you're Easy, easy. <laughs> I wasn't going there. <laughs> we are on Radio Row. Oh. Let's not start talking about Spe- yeah, that. Yeah, do we have to follow radio rules on Radio Row? I think you can, ta- you can say the D word. Oh. You can say enema. You can definitely say enema. And we're going to move on to Lou Drock says, hey, guys, some more quarterback thoughts. Based on, okay, now he's giving some scenarios, realistic chances of acquiring, what you have to give up, contract value, and quality slash potential quality. Stop. I think the best order of Broncos quarterbacks options is one Mitchell Trubisky. Come on. Come on. What are we doing here? Two Baker Mayfield. Three Carson Wentz. Four Drew Locke, folks, on 2023. Five Kirk Cousins. Six the draft. And seven Marcus Mariota. What say you find, gentlemen, on this order based on the criteria mentioned? Cheers. Enjoy the combine, Charlie. Trubisky. Really? Number one? There there is comments. No. Talking about Trubisky. I would take him as option five. He's going to start for somebody this year. Good, my, my, good for him. my thing is you should not have realistic chance of acquiring him being in your um, combat or in your how we get this guy. You should be shooting for the stars, just mm. like I think the Broncos are right now. You shouldn't be going for the guy that you're just going to easily be able to get. The guy you're going to easily be able to get is a guy you don't want, right? Yep. If a guy's just sitting there on day, on the second week of free agency, you don't want him. No. So I would take him out because I do agree with you. Trubisky is a guy that you could easily get. What you have to give up for him, you don't have to give up a lot to get Mitchell Trubisky, but that's been the Broncos issue at quarterback is they haven't been willing to give up a lot for their quarterback. And so what have they got? They've got nothing. So that's why you just get rid of this list. I I don't like this list. Contract value. He's going for the contract value play at quarterback. Look, I love you, Lou Drock. Don't Mm -hmm. go the value route at quarterback. Zach loves you, but he's telling you to throw your list in the trash. (laughs) Uh, Last one here from Melbourne Bronco says, hey, guys, so who gets the final say on what player we draft at nine? Surely the coach has final say. Cheers. It's really funny. We kind of talked about this in the first. We did. But you guys didn't answer. I actually answered. I said it's got to be George Payton's call. You kind of said you think it should be Hackett's call, at least if we're talking about a quarterback. But in terms of drafting a player, let's just say let's say quarterback off the board. Okay. Who should have the final say? George Payton. Quarterback's a different story. And he has final say authority. I mean, that's of course. basically it's – you bring you, you bring in the thoughts of your scouts. You bring in the thoughts of your coaches. He brings in his own thoughts, and then he's got his decision. What if, um, like, Nathaniel Hackett, like, picks up the phone and tries to call in the pick? Would they ignore his call? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's probably one phone that they can reach True. to Las Vegas with, and you would guess if that's not sitting in front of George, it's sitting in front of 
whoever is responsible for making that call. Well, we know that's a, a, I, I trust Patrick Smythe with it. <laughs> we know Nathaniel Hackett's a stepbrothers guy, and I could see that being a scene as stepbrothers where they both reach Don't for the phone. Don't touch my telephone. Right. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, that is going to wrap it up for us here from Radio Row here in Indianapolis. That was awesome. It was. This is it great. Was. And we're not done. And mm-hmm. I, I wasn't. I, I was really scared about my um, volume. Like I was thought everyone was going to be staring at me. No one no. stared at me. Well, you're really loud in my ears, so I'm staring. <laughs> there's at all, you. but there's just enough chatter going around elsewhere, surrounding us here, like behind us and off to the side. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing. It is true. Yeah, yeah. people aren't tuning we, in. Yeah, I don't what think we distracted. We them. had a live audience at first. Also, uh, <laughs> by the a live way, audience at three, they're all very tuned into they're us. Very right? Yeah, I mean, B- B- BK sitting there having chips and a sandwich right now. Yeah, and Johnny's dialed in yeah. to what we're talking about. Saul is for sure. Um, oh, he's smiling now. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll get a little more attention if we go up to. The working media yeah, room and do a show quiet. from there. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, and we're all about attention. I call also call it the mortuary. Um, anyways, that's <laughs> going to... Speaking of attention, yeah. hit us with a like. Hit us with a thumbs out. up. We <laughs> do. We crave your us. attention yes. uh, specifically. Hit us with a like on your way out. We will be back here tomorrow for, with another show for you guys. Morning, uh, so yeah. stay tuned. Stay tuned for a morning show tomorrow, uh, hopefully with some fun little tidbits of what we learned out on the town tonight. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Appreciate Catch more you. content on YouTube. Yes, yes. look out for YouTube. We're going to have some quick reaction videos and, like we mentioned, that collab show with the PHNX guys. So, again, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll talk to you tomorrow.